1: On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Studio 12, your podcast home for Texas A&M Athletics. Hey, happy Wednesday to all of you. We're glad you've joined us. This is Studio 12 from the south end zone of Kyle Field, and as we start all of our shows now, a socially distanced studio here in the south end zone of Kyle Field.
2: No offense, backed away from you. Yeah. Well, a lot of people
1: have. (laughs) I don't take any offense, but uh, Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco with you for this edition, and we are joined kindly by our Director of Athletics, Mr. Ross Bjork, and he is fresh off an appearance in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, Monday, a meeting of the Southeastern Conference Director of Athletics throughout the league, all 14 of them, as well as uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey, and the topic at hand is what, it's the topic for all of us, (laughs) the college football Mm -hmm. season and what's upcoming, but... Uh, off the plane Monday, back to action here in College Station. It's an unusual time. I'm sure it's a busy time, Ross. So first, thank thank you for the time.
3: Yeah, ab- absolutely. I appreciate you guys, and uh, yeah, we've all kind of backed uh, into our corners here in the. <laughs> In the studio. Notice we sure.
2: all lean away, too. We're leaning
1: away. We've got our masks.
2: <laughs> I have to tell you, when, oh, ES- to when ESPN redid their studios and had the huge desk or like the Fox football desk and it's like 17,000 feet long, yeah. I laughed at it.
3: Yeah. They were now, ahead of their time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> but no, Will, exactly. No, I appreciate uh, you guys uh, having me on today and and we can catch up on really the the current events and and what's happening in our world of of college sports, but also just our world and our society and our state and our community in in general. And we had a great meeting on Monday, Uh, tons of dialogue. We heard a report from the medical uh, return to activity medical task force that the SEC has put together. Texas A&M is represented by the dean of our School of Public Health, uh, Dr. Sean Gibbs. So we heard a report from that group. I um, mean, and really the, the main report was, you know, here's what we've done so far, here's our recommendations. A lot of those recommendations are already on the table in terms of how we're operating right now with workouts and voluntary, and we could start required workouts on Monday with uh, football. But then we talked a lot about testing protocol. What will testing protocol look like during the season? How do we test our not only our team, but also the opponent? How do the officials get tested? What happens on the sideline? You know, what do the coaches have to do to not only protect themselves, but also protect the players, whether that's a face shield or face coverings like we're wearing today. Mm -hmm. We heard a a great report from from them. Obviously a lot of scenarios on what can happen with the season. And, And we're thinking football, but just seasons, right? Volleyball, soccer, football. We haven't even really talked about basketball yet, but that gets impacted the farther this goes. So a lot of scenarios, and, and look, everything's on the table. People say, are you focused on a spring schedule? Are you focused on... Star-? Look, you have to consider everything. Right now, the only thing that we know is no one has told us we cannot play, but we also haven't been given the green light, per se. We're proceeding, we're working out, we know practice is coming, but we ne- not necessarily been say- have been told okay, you can do this. You have permission to do this, and and we we need that permission at some point in time. So what we know now is we're playing on September 5th until further notice. Mm -hmm. Then you talk, okay, do you have to play a shortened season? Do you have to start later? Can you still play 12? Do you schedule 12, but maybe things, the way things go throughout the season, maybe you only get 10 games in because the opponent can't play or we can't play so all those scenarios and and everything has to be contemplated right now and then at the end of the day we in, and we looked at we look at contracts we look at finances we talk about those things anyway um, at, at our regular meetings you talk about all those things and then at the end of the day look we still have some time now some is the key word that that time is ticking we know that we understand that it's July fifteenth, we should be at SEC Media Days uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow. I think was our scheduled day mm-hmm. for uh, for Coach Fisher and, and our players. So we know that time is ticking. We know that there's big decisions that have to be made. But let's see where the data goes. Let's see what society allows us to to go forward with, and that's how we have to proceed. And so that that was the nature of the meetings and. I'm sure I could go on and on, but yeah. but uh, you guys have things to say and <laughs> questions to ask and but there's a lot to it it's you know we, uh, we have a lot of sort of analogies and, and and we we laugh and and have different jokes here and there and, and right now, this is a serious matter i mean it's a health matter, it's a health crisis uh, in in many ways, and we have to take it serious, but we also have to have the pragmatic approach. And we also have to have the tone of, hey, look, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. And this is about the health and safety of our student athletes. So that's uh, that's sort of the nature of the meeting on uh, on
1: Monday. Well, real quick, you hit the nail on the head about 20 minutes prior to the meeting. On social media, you sent in yeah, lieu right. of SEC media right. days. If That's we right. could just air that meeting, That's right. That would have been ratings. Gold I got over. I got permission from uh, Herb Vincent
3: because uh, Herb <laughs> sent out a tweet saying, "Hey, this should have been the first day of SEC media days." And I said, "I said Herb, are you okay with this if I do this?" He goes, "Yeah, go ahead." Uh, but what was what was kind of uh, interesting is this just shows you how slow news cycles are. There were camera and news crews outside the SEC offices looking for pictures of us walking in to the office building i mean that's that's never happened mm-hmm. right it felt like a mini SEC media day mm-hmm. with cameras out there and then they sat outside the windows and uh, where they had some food set up in the hallway <laughs> they were just waiting to get a picture of somebody going out to grab a the cup buffet of coffee <laughs> or grab a snack or something like that um so we all, uh, everyone had masks on, including the SEC staff. Uh, the The room was spread out. It was safe. But it was kind of fascinating that I guess it's uh, pretty boring right now in the sports mm-hmm. world that somebody would want to to watch a bunch of athletic directors <laughs> walk in a uh, building, build, office building in downtown Birmingham. <laughs> pretty fascinating.
2: <laughs>
1: that's where
3: yeah, we
2: are. That's, that's where it. we are.
1: That's <laughs> it. That, that, that's, yep. that's the sporting life right now. And after the meeting, uh, Commissioner Sankey mentioned uh, a late July decision is what he's looking forward to. And I don't know if late July means an exact date, and I don't know if you guys really spelled out, we have to see these numbers to proceed. Uh, it It doesn't mean you've got to nail it down to an exact point X. That means we now get the green light right. to, to go ahead. And
3: I think that's, that's the way we have to look at it is that, that it's fluid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say that you'll have good data or the data will get worse at the end of July? We don't, we don't know that yet. So I think the end of July, in our minds, is more of a checkpoint. It may be a decision point or it may just be a checkpoint because the next week we actually start training camp for football. We actually start soccer and and volleyball Mm -hmm. training camps. We start school on August 19th here at Texas A&M. Classes open. And if we saw the the release yesterday from our provost that at least 50% of the classes will have in-person instruction. So what's going to happen when we start fall classes? So really, the end of July is more of a check-in point. Could be decisions. Or you could say, hey, we need a few more data points, or things are trending in the right direction, let's wait a little bit longer. Last night, the director of the CDC said, if everyone will wear a mask, we can knock this thing down in the next four to eight weeks. Well, what window is that? That's the start of college sports. Mm -hmm. That's the start of higher education. That's the start of our public schools. Will, you and I have uh, kids Mm -hmm. in in the public schools here, right? So we have some time to get more data points, and, and that's really the key thing that uh, Commissioner Sankey was talking about coming out of Monday.
2: There is, uh, I guess, optics in everything. And I, I think back to Nashville and the SEC basketball tournament, and all of a sudden, everything's everything's being stopped. We have seen MLS has opened. We have seen, despite no fans, they're they're on the pitch. We will see in the bubble the NBA and the NHL and and Major League Baseball is going to start. Will those optics help and get, you talk about that data, um, to see how they are? Will that help make that decision? I think what the way I look at it
3: is we need controlled environments and we need as safe as possible optics. To me, we don't need reckless optics. We saw... We saw pool parties. We saw lake parties. We saw those type of things. We know, based on the data, what happened when bars opened in indoor and, and ventilation systems. And so, to me, we need safe and controlled optics. So, things like Major League Baseball starting, things like NFL training camp starting. I, I heard uh, yesterday that perhaps uh, the NFL rookies are going to report sometime this weekend or early next week we need those optics to start. We need the NBA to have their bubble you know, work. Even though we're not doing bubbles per se, right. we need those type of things. We need, this weekend we have Texas Motor Speedway mm-hmm. um, with uh, the, I think it's uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 or whatever the race is called. We need that, right? We need fans, mm-hmm. we need some some optics mm-hmm. in a controlled, safe as possible environment. And, and I think that helps that, that social permission that public permission, that again is going to be part of. It. Data is important, health and safety is important, but also societal permission is also mm-hmm. part of this as we uh, as we move forward.
1: All right, we've got Ross Bjork, our director of athletics, with us right here at Texas A&M University on this edition of Studio 12. More with him on the other side of the break, and a little bit later, uh, Travis Dabney is going to come and join us, uh, president of the 12th Man right. Foundation. Obviously is obviously a very important time. For he and his group over on the uh, the north side of the stadium. The other side we always appreciate when he travels down. But uh, we've got Ross with us right now. Travis a little later. It's all coming your way on this edition of Studio 12. And we're back in a bit on The Zone. We're back. Studio 12 Wednesday edition from the south end of Kyle Field. Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco being joined by our Director of Athletics, Ross Bjork, who is fresh off his meeting in Birmingham at the SEC offices on Monday discussing some of that as well as you know what does we'll go into some of the things uh here in the second segment with you uh, as far as you know what might the decision layer look like because you can have a plan but it's almost like you got to be ready to adjust off that plan and and send it to this wing or 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 this off ramp right. and go down right. this road but uh, i don't i don't know it it's such an unprecedented time where do you start? How do you develop those new lanes to get to? If you start altering schedules and and things like yeah. that, that's been uh,
3: that's been a fascinating part of this whole process. Really, from the beginning, it was easy to shut down. Right? You could make that as an institution. You could make that at the conference level. Obviously, the NCAA canceled spring championships, which effectively canceled spring sports. But it's that it go, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Is we don't necessarily have the permission yet to proceed, and the question is, who gives us that permission? Right. That that's really the ultimate question. the The presidents and chancellors in the SEC they're the ultimate decision-making authority. You've got Commissioner Sankey. We have our medical advisory task force. We there the SEC is consulting with NFL experts, other medical people. Locally, we have our dean of uh, School of Public Health, Dr. Sean Gibbs. We have Dr. Jerry Parker, who's a pandemic expert over in the Bush School and School of Public Health. I met yesterday with uh, Brazos County uh, Health Department officials and their leadership to talk about things that we're doing here locally. You obviously have governors of each state. It's a multi-layered decision, and there's at the end of the day, the presidents have the vote. Right in the SEC, they have the vote. But at the end of the day, do we have that permission and who grants it? Or is it just you're gathering intel from everybody and you're saying, okay, as an SEC, we're moving forward, even though the rest of college sports may not be on the same page. Mm -hmm. We know what the Big Ten just did. We know what the Pac-12 just -hmm. did. That cost us, obviously, the the Colorado game. Mm -hmm. We've got to figure that piece out. Do other leagues then say, hey, we're going to contain this conference only? So then it goes back to okay, is the SEC out by themselves? Are we doing something that no one else is doing, or are we providing leadership and everyone? So it's a it's a fascinating deal, and and I wish we could say, okay, this group right here is going to make that decision, but we don't have that. Mm-hmm. It's not the CDC either, right? We we know that part of this is becoming politicized and. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. That's a whole other topic, right? We know that there's there's that layer in there, and that's where we, we need a national strategy. We wish there was one entity that would say, okay, here's the green light. And right now, as athletic directors, administrators, our job is to play games, host these opportunities, and we have to collect as much data as, as we possibly can and then make, hopefully, the, the right decisions based on all that data. So that's a fascinating leadership model. When we... Look at this five years from now or 10 years from now, maybe there's going to be some leadership lessons that we learn out of this saying, okay, this is a new philosophy or a new principle uh, around leadership as we study the the decision-making process.
2: Everything is so hypothetical, but you have to, as Will was saying with his analogy, with each lane, you've got to think Mm -hmm. that through. So if it is conference only, now we're at three home games for Texas A&M and do we not play in Arlington? Like, you now have to right. balance it. That's right. You lose Colorado, right. right, because of the Pac-12's decision. How do you go through those hypotheticals, yeah. And, and, yeah. and what are you doing with that with the schedule?
3: That's exactly right. So we anticipated there would be some breakage in the schedule, perhaps, right? And so, you you know, this started really back in April. I started talking to my colleague at, at uh, Colorado. Uh, the athletic director at Fresno State is a good friend of mine from my days at, at UCLA. He played football at UCLA, Terry Toomey. So we start talking, hey, what's California thinking? What, you know, what's happening out there? So we anticipate some breakage, assuming that we're, we're playing. And so you kind of anticipate these things. Colorado gave us the heads up, uh, so we've got to replace that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fresno, we don't know what's going to happen in the state of California. You hear different things. Right now they're, they're staying the course. So I had a lot of scheduling conversations over the weekend. Uh, Lots of ADs. Uh, There's lots of ADs that are scrambling right now. Um, Look, the opponents aren't going to be hard to find. That's not going to be the issue. I mean, Notre Dame is going to be looking for a lot of games. BYU, I think, has already lost uh, at least five, maybe six games. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, some other Big 12 opponents have lost uh, some Mm -hmm. uh,
2: Pac-12
3: matchups. Finding the game piece is not going to be the hard part. Um, So that Arkansas game, we, we, we would need that game on campus. And you guys know my philosophy on that game long-term. To me, that game should be on campus anyway. Mm-hmm. But if something were to happen this year, we would do everything we can to move that game to our campus. As our, because this year it's our home game. We're, mm-hmm. we're designated as the home team. Um, so that, that dialogue has already started with, with Hunter. Um, and you know, because things are so fluid, you don't have to make any decisions right now. Right. You put things on the table. You talk about what-if scenarios. Um, the what-if scenarios that I've had either written down or in my head or, or the rabbit holes that you can go down are, are really fascinating, and you just have to think of everything, and that's what we've been trying to do.
1: So with scheduling, there's a lot of scenarios. You try to put these pieces of the puzzle together. I would think you're also doing it with all of these scenarios and then the ability to operate mm-hmm. financially right. over the next year to two, and, and it make it, the the effects could go past a year or two. Right. Who knows? That's, right. I mean.
3: That's the key thing, uh, Will and, and Andrew. Is you know we don't know how long the virus will be out there. People, some people say this will go on into you know as far as late two thousand twenty one before there's a, va- who knows what vaccine timelines there are. Who knows what medicines are out there? I think for college sports is we need to really contain this into a one-year situation. It needs to be a one-year financial situation at the at the deepest level, the most severe level. It needs to be a one-year situation relative to competition and, and schedules. and And we were talking off-air, the mental health of this. Mm. The mental health of our mm-hmm. student athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're hurting right now. They mm. need an outlet. They need this normalcy. So, we need to contain this. We need to get our arms around this. And, and that's what we're all striving for and working every day to try to figure out the best pathway forward. That's our job. We can't, if we don't believe, then who will? And mm-hmm. that's my, if, if we don't believe as athletic directors and we don't put our student athletes in the safest possible environment, then, then who will? And so, that's, that's what we're focused on, and, and that's the hard part. Is we don't have the final, we're linear for the most part. Hey, we're in a straight line, let's go attack that. We'll get that done, and then we'll move on to the next thing. And then we'll move on. in this case. You know, we're on a uh, we're on the roto ride. You guys know what the roto ride is at the fairground? <laughs> I'm
1: picturing the car- carousel type
3: thing, or yeah, well, around. Well, what yeah. it is is you walk in, the roto ride is a, is a ride. I hope, to, hope you have time to put this in. We got it, we got it. Yeah. You walk in on the floor. And you stand against the wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, a and, tilt-a-wall. And, and it starts spinning. Yeah. <laughs> and the floor drops. Uh-huh. That I've been was, on it. March. I've been you, on it. March was the floor drop, And
1: you can't move. I'll tell you what they call that ride here in Texas. They call that spindle top at a lot of places because so, of the oil boom yeah. in Beaumont long ago. That's right. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: spindle, so the, 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 the sort of the elementary version is a roto ride because mm-hmm. it's more of a fairground. If you want the advanced version, it's called the Gravitron. <laughs> And what that is, there's more lights, and there's more bells and whistles. and the Gravitron, the floor doesn't drop, but you stand against a pad, and the pad raises up and down. So your feet <laughs> your feet leave the ground. The floor doesn't drop, but you're. that's that's what we're on. That's, we're, our, we're that's on, our world. We're, we're on the roto ride right now. <laughs> we're spinning. We don't really know who's at that control yet. <laughs> we think there's somebody there, mm-hmm. but we don't really know who's at the lever. To stop us. And
2: if you've ever been to a county fair, you have no idea who's operating the <laughs> right. ride. Right.
3: <laughs> we get we get a little, you know, unbalanced and we get a little seasick along the way. But the, the roto ride is what sometimes we feel like. But our job, again, as leaders, is not to just sit there pinned against the wall. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. We have to somehow stop it. We have to get on the ground. And we've got to... You know, lead through this, and, and that's what we're trying to do every single day.
2: How much do you have to adjust being the old fullback of just attacking, opening that hole? As ADs, you, you, you were talking about the linear. Right. You like to do that. There is this so much of this what if. That's been an adjustment, hasn't right.
3: it? Right, it has. It has because that's, that's really, again, we have a routine. We know this week is SEC Media Day. We know football training camp is starting August the 5th or 6th. Like we have a routine we yeah. wake up every day and say okay this is what we're supposed to do today and, and in this world the last five months or so since we left nashville it's been just a fluid moving target and again it goes back to kind of what we we're talking about with the decision making process who is it what entity is out there and that still hasn't been defined yet yeah. and that that can be frustrating that can be depressing in some ways but again if we don't believe, then who will? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the SEC
2: can – it might be slings and arrows. They're going to do their own as opposed to not what every other conference is going to do.
3: Here's, what, here's what, what A&M should be blessed. Every Aggie should be blessed that we are in the SEC, that we are in a leadership position nationally. I know that other conferences are looking at the SEC, waiting to, to understand what we're going to do. I know that for a fact. And so that's the that's the great thing about our position. That's the great thing about our university, that Aggie spirit, that can-do attitude, never give up, lots of descriptions. We are in a great position to be in the driver's seat. And if anyone can get through this, we can. And that's how we have to look at it.
1: Very well said, and as well as the best explanation of college athletics through this pandemic, I've heard thus far. Thank the, you. The, 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 roto, ride, the roto ride, the gravitron, and then the Texas version down here. Spindle, Spindle top. top. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. That was very well put. But, that's where uh,
3: that's where we are right yeah. now. Let's let's get off of it soon. Yeah.
1: Uh, about to break it, but real quick, uh, Travis Dabney's going to join us here in just a minute. Yeah. And I know this is a guy you've been in a lot of discussions right. with, as, as this all is a very important uh, situation that's for the Twelfth right. Man Foundation over there as well.
3: That's exactly right. The the support of our donors, the support of our season ticket holders, the the operation of the 12th Man Foundation. It's the best fundraising college athletic fundraising organization in the country, best I've been around, highly professional. Our board of trustees, uh, everyone around that table, they get it. They're all on board with our planning and thinking. And same thing, lots of scenarios, lots of things that we've thought about, but until we know exactly where this sits. Right now, if we played a football game today, we'd be at 50% capacity based Mm -hmm. on Governor Abbott's so we 're trying to model that out uh, not from a financial standpoint but operational standpoint mm-hmm. um, but then, if worst case scenario happens, you know we get seventy to to eighty plus million dollars through the Twelfth Man Foundation to operate our annual budget more than half of our operating budget for athletics goes through football ticket sales and football annual fund donations and other ticket sales and other annual fund donations that 's a That's a severe, serious matter that we have to pay attention to if worst-case scenario happens. So the support of our donors through thick and thin, we're going to need them. We're going to ask them to support. Uh, That's our job to do that, and we hope that people have that attitude of, hey, I'm going to give what I can this year, and I want to support the Aggies, and I want to help get us through this because we're all in this together.
1: All right. As always, thank you so much for taking the time.
3: Thank you, guys. Right you Let's have a great week. Yeah, thank Absolutely.
1: You. All right. That's Ross Bjork right here on Studio 12. Back in a bit with Travis Dabney on The Zone. Moving on toward the top of the hour, this edition of Studio 12. Our thanks to Ross Bjork, our AD here at A&M, for joining us. First half of the show, Will Johnson, Andrew Monaco back with you and the guests just keep on coming through that revolving door. Yep. We, might, we need to make the door to the studio just revolving. And yeah. You know, we can, we can get.
2: Soundproof. We and can revolving. get all
1: the important people just right through there. How long has it been since we've talked to Travis? Travis? Uh, too long. <laughs> yeah. You know, I know it's been too long. But uh, Travis Dabney, president of the 12th Man Foundation, joining us right now. As we told you, and, uh, you know, it's kind of. You kind of have to start the same way with everybody, and we be, we began with Ross a little bit like this, and it's got to be the same way for you. Uh, you ever been through anything like this? And I, I guarantee your answer is no. <laughs> what, what's happening all across the landscape these days?
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just think about my time here at Texas A&M, uh, whether it be as a student um, or uh, an employee at 12th Man Foundation. It's been some really amazing, big, Monumental things that have happened, you know. Think about nine eleven, Kyle Field redevelopment. Again, those are opposite ends of the spectrum. Johnny Manziel, you know, going into the SEC. Um, you know, obviously hiring of Jimbo Fisher. Um, you know, some great basketball memories, but the the all encompassing nature of this coronavirus pandemic. No, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Um, and then, um, obviously you throw in some, um, uh, significant other activities that have happened in the midst of this, uh, unlike anything, uh, I have ever seen. And frankly, I'm not sure. Um, you know, in my, in my 47 years, uh, I think you, I think you got to, you got to go back to my grandfather's generation, or at least my dad's generation, uh, to you know understand things like World War II, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. To 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 you know, is scale as big as this? It's mm-hmm. obviously, it's, it's obviously monumental.
1: No doubt. Well, uh, yesterday, uh, your group, Twelfth Man Foundation, put out a message uh, regarding the upcoming season, possibilities, scenarios. But I'm guessing it's like a lot of us are doing. When you start trying to think of what could happen, you just keep aiming at multiple moving targets out there to to try and figure this whole thing out from your end, your organization on the north side of Kyle Field.
4: Yeah, I mean, Will, Andrew, the, 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 the interesting thing about this is, so think about this, Ross was just in Birmingham, met with his fellow athletic directors, um, SEC office personnel commissioner. And so we as fans – look at that and we think, oh, they're, they're figuring out how they can put us in the building. No, that's not what they're conversing about over there. What they're conversing about is the very core element of this. How do we get those student-athletes into that arena, into that stadium, and do it safely? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the other part about this is how do we put people in the building? That's really a local, state, government, you know, l- administrators here at Texas A&M question. And so they're they're very separate but they're all obviously very connected. And so how you get everybody, you know, pulling in the same direction there, how you actually communicate effectively with all of the stakeholders in that scenario? Mm-hmm. Incredibly challenging. And so, you know, yeah, we we put out a communication yesterday and and the gist of the communication is this. The SEC met, nothing definitive was determined. We know right now that we're not playing Colorado. Beyond that, we don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, or we suspect, as we move towards the end of July, we we might have we we're we're hoping to have some clarity. When we get that clarity, we're going to communicate that to our donors, to our season ticket holders. It it is um, it's unprecedented in terms of how we are having to operate right now. I'm not talking about the 12th Man Foundation. I'm not t- talking about mm-hmm. Texas A&M Athletics. I'm talking about our season ticket holders, our investors, the people that make this thing go. They don't They don't have any information because mm-hmm. we don't have anything to give them. Mm-hmm. So very challenging, but we're committed to doing it. We're, 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 we're going to be as proactive as we possibly can. Look, the other part of that communication that we provided was this roughly 65 million dollars of a 150 million dollar athletic budget comes directly from those football season ticket holders. Think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. 150 million dollar budget, 65 million dollars comes from the football season ticket holder. They are the most important thing. They drive they drive this whole economic engine. Without them, this not this we're not having the same conversation. Without them we're not being listed as one of the most valuable college athletic departments in the country by Forbes. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think it's an important message for everybody to know and understand. The, the folks that choose to be season ticket holders, the people that come for those seven Saturdays a year, and frankly the individuals that just buy tickets from us, they're what makes this happen. Mm-hmm. They're, they're what allows us to compete at a very, very high level. Um, and so you know hey if we haven't been proactive enough in that communication, thankful enough in that communication i'll take responsibility for that but uh they're 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 very important
2: but but you have because i've i have i have been fortunate uh to talk with champions council, Diamond Champions Council, Buzz Williams has talked with them, Ross Bjork has been on there. We did the virtual summer meetings, uh, which were a blast, um, yeah. I love the I love our student athletes. I think with their personality, and I think it is that proactivity. Instead of hiding on the north side and waiting for them to come to you, but that's never been twelfth man foundation. No. It's been there is that proactivity, and even the transparency, Travis. Even if you say, "Hey, you know what? This is the information we have. We don't have much more than this." You've always kept that communication there, haven't you?
4: Yeah, we, we we've tried to. Um, you know, look, I, I've always, um, you know, I've always kind of tried to approach this job from the perspective of you know don't don't try and and game somebody just look them in the eye and tell them the truth and most of the time people can deal with that um and and so look you know i'd love to be able to spin some yarn right now about hey oh we're, we're deep in the back room and we're 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 really you know we're we're putting great plans together Reality is the staff at the 12th man foundation is planning for a lot of scenarios, mm-hmm. but a lot of that planning is going to end up being, okay, here's what we've been told. Now we've got to react. Now we put a lot of things in place that are going to allow us to react quickly, but you know, what, what's the governor going to say right now? He said 50% capacity inside the stadium. Okay. Okay. Well, we have a plan for 50% mm-hmm. capacity in the stadium. If he says, Mm, it's 25% capacity in the stadium. All right, well, we've got a plan for that, but that's going to be rough. Mm-hmm. And then if he says can't have anybody in the stadium, mm-hmm. which, again, don't know if any of that's going to transpire or not. Um, so, again, you know, our staff has um, – and, and, look, not asking anybody to cry for our staff at 12th Man Foundation. They're working hard. Um, they feel it. You can, I can see it in their eyes right now. I can see it in their eyes. They are—they're stressed. Mm-hmm. They want to do a great job for the donors. They want to communicate properly, um, but they're stressed because look, we all get stressed when we have a lack of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, fear of the unknown. Fear of the yeah. unknown. Mm-hmm.
4: And look, by the way, this is not this is not uh, complaining about Governor Abbott or anything. No, he's in the same position we're in. Right. Mm-hmm. He's trying to figure out and understand what the right decisions are for the people of the state. So, um, you know, we live in a time where everybody can be critical of every decision that is made. I'm gonna choose not to be that way. I'm gonna choose to look at this and say, hey, we're we're all pulling in the, in the right direction. We wanna be supportive. How How can we be supportive? Let's make sure our season ticket holders, our donors, understand we imp- appreciate them incredibly and we know we can't do what we are doing without them. We're going to need them. Guys, we're going to need them. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. matter what is communicated, we are going to need them more than we ever have.
2: And that's where that loyalty comes in, right? Because you, you, you can look them in the eye. Here's the truth. Here's what we're going with. But not just as of March 11th, Travis. It's because that that relationship's been built for, for years, right? That's, that's that's the, that's, when you foster that, when something like this happens, that's the payout of, of those relationships, isn't it?
4: That is. um, And you know, Andrew, we don't do it because of that. We do it because it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. But when you do things because they're right, yeah, there is, there, there is a payoff at the end of that. And it's, it's a respectful relationship between organization and donors Mm -hmm. or just between me and you two guys um you know it's it's it can be micro or macro Mm -hmm. and um so i i look i appreciate the opportunity to come on and visit with you guys you know it's been pre-pandemic before i (laughs) you know since i last spoke with you guys i've missed missed the opportunity um but you know hey one thing that we can and I and I spoke to a donor on the phone yesterday for a, for a good bit, um, and I spoke to this donor based off of something he was posting on TechSags. Okay, mm. so I, I reached out to this person, and you know we had a great visit or a really imp- appreciated the go back and forth. But one thing I will tell you all is this: no matter how difficult things are, no matter how challenging a situation may be. When I stop and think about when I come to work every single day, I went to school here. Will, like you, you know, I was a little kid. I was coming to football (laughs) games here, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went to school here. I have a deep emotional connection to this place. Deep emotional connection. I want it to be as successful as possible. It needs to be successful. It deserves that. It deserves it. But I get to come to work every single day and in support of that effort.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is
4: it that yeah, connection that's not even work, guys? No. <laughs> I, I no. agree with you. I no, agree with you. It's not.
1: But before you go, is it that connection and the relationships being built by the Twelfth Man Foundation that can be the most helpful during this time? Because the the relationships forged today and M are unlike a lot across the country, no matter where you go as far as schools.
4: School. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have an extremely loyal base of fans of donors. Okay. I'm not saying we're better than anyone else. I'm just saying we have a great group of season ticket holders, donors that obviously have provided extraordinarily well for this athletic department. We have the ability to come through this better than any athletic department in the country. You know, Whatever, whatever it ends up happening, mm-hmm. whatever ends up happening to athletic departments, to football seasons, to the finances of these departments, we have the ability here at Texas A&M to come through it better than anyone. And think about that for a minute. That means, and look, we are going to get back to competition at some point. Mm-hmm. When we come through this better financially than everyone else, we're going to be at a competitive advantage. <laughs> yeah. And at the end it, of the day, It's hey. the
1: relationships and the connections that can get you there. Right. There you go. Travis Dabney, thank you as always. And we'll get you back post-pandemic.
4: I'm kind of starting to feel ignored or, you know, I'm a little little (laughs) hurt.
1: You're never ignored. (laughs) Be on the phone with you weekly. Say, when do you want to come down? That's right. That's exactly right. You know the path down here. The door's always open. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Travis. Travis Dabney with the 12th Man Foundation right here on Studio 12 on The Zone. Our thanks to Ross Bjork, as well as Travis Dabney, our guests on this edition of Studio 12, the Wednesday edition. And when we move it on to Friday, our show brings you another Aggies in 60. And, Andrew, this next one, we're going to look back at A&M's win over South Carolina here at Kyle Field. And uh, this was an impressive showing, uh, the, the pretty dominant and Kind of had the Gamecocks handled from start to finish, yeah, I
2: thought. I really enjoyed that game. I, I thought the offense was clicking. Defense, I thought, was just terrific. And it was during that stretch, Will, real good stretch. We wondered how they were going to go into, remember, all of last year, how the, the way the team was going to end um, this season with those games at Georgia and at LSU. And this was just a, a, a great roll. Ste- stepped out of conference play, did what they had to do against UTSA at the end of that game you talked to Justin Matabike, and even he wasn't satisfied. <laughs> it was a good win but not set. knowing that there were things to correct. And I just you could just see them continue to build, continue to get better um as that season progressed and and I and I thought that's what we saw really in that South Carolina victory.
1: Yeah, another impressive one by the Aggies in 2019 defeating the Gamecocks right here in College Station and this we uh Spotlighted Arkansas a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, South Carolina's somewhat similar. You got the streak going Mm -hmm. against the Gamecocks, and obviously we talked to Ross, talked to Travis. We'll see what's upcoming. A&M slated to visit Columbia Mm -hmm. this year. And I believe that is slated for the week after the Auburn game. So – you know, I don't know if you call that sandwich trap game. I always think South Carolina has enough talent to give you some trouble anyway. Well, I'm with you. I mean, regardless of who you're coming off, who you got the next week, South Carolina's a tough game. They've got some players. You know that. Always. So, But for some reason, you know, the
2: Aggies have been able to handle them mm-hmm.
1: during every season yeah. since it's come onto to the schedule as the permanent East Cross. Yeah.
2: No matter who, uh, No matter who's the quarterback, it's interesting this year – um, all these freshman quarterbacks we saw last year are now going to be sophomores and have a year, which makes them tougher. And this thing with the thing with South Carolina, you any Will Muschamp team is going to have good defense. And I think it was, you know, talking with Jimbo again. It's it doesn't always have to be just one person, but that depth that they had, and you knew that that challenge is always there uh, against a team like the the Gamecocks. And you know, Will Muschamp, knowing that. Time for him to do something there, you know, adds to even yeah. more intrigue for the yeah. Gamecocks. They ended up 4-8 and eight last year, and
1: I thought they were going to have a pretty
2: good team. So did I. I really thought yeah. they would have a
1: good team. It just did not work out for them. But I think you're right. Will Muschamp, I don't know if you say time's running short, but. You you probably said it best. He needs
2: to prove it. Pretty yeah, big. I think yeah. so. Because yeah. like I said, they're gonna have players.
1: they yeah, always. they are gonna have
2: players at South Carolina. Always do, and it, they're they're intriguing. Are they not? Also in that not just SEC, but with Clemson doing what they're doing, oh. they're also there as well. <laughs> it's got to sting a bit over
1: there, doesn't it? it has yeah. To, yeah. Oh boy, they want to get out of that mess. So, <laughs> All right. so Friday, another Aggies in sixty A and M's victory over South Carolina here at Kyle Field this past season. For Andrew, I'm Will. Our thanks to Ross Bjork and Travis Dabney. That closes us out on this edition of Studio 12 on The Zone.